Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Fields here, and yes, it's it's Wednesday evening, and it's time for Bible study, and we're here together once again by the grace of God. The Lord has kept us since last Wednesday to this Wednesday. The Lord has shielded us. He has protected us. He has kept us. He has walked with us. Oh, yes, the Lord has been so good to us. What a faithful God. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Greater Refuge Temple, Washington, D.C. Praise the Lord. Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx. The saints of God that are at home who have connected with us tonight. And to those of you who are sitting in the temple there in the Bronx, Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Been enjoying myself in the Lord, enjoying myself in sharing God's holy word with you. God's word is rich. God's word is cleansing. It is strengthening. Everything that we need is in God's word. Let's pray before we go into the word of God on tonight. Father, we bless your holy name. You have been so gracious, so good, so kind, so wonderful to us. And we're, we want to say thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you for bringing us together. Bless us now through your holy word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are in 2 Kings tonight. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, and we're going to be uh, dealing with a very familiar story there in this book of 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, and, and um, what's been on my mind since last Wednesday uh, during this pandemic, you know, we, we have all had time to do some soul searching, some self-examination, even you know, even before we do communion, that scripture says, let a man examine himself. And I'm sure you as well uh, have taken the time to say, Lord, search me and, and to just uh, find out where you are. I want to be right. I want to be I want to be whole. I want to make it in. And um, this story uh, came to mind in our meditation and praying and asking the Lord what we should teach about on tonight. And I'm coming out of Second Kings chapter 6, familiar passage of scripture, familiar story, and uh, talks about recovering uh, the axe head. You remember that miracle with the prophet Elisha? Uh, but my subject tonight, my topic for the lesson tonight is recovery and restoration. Say it with me, recovery and restoration. Even put it in the comment section, recovery and restoration. Um, and it's a beautiful story. Uh, for some reason, uh, people don't talk about this story a lot. Perhaps some think it's a difficult story or it, it's, uh, but it's a necessary uh, story to get into. There's some nuggets in this story. 
it's it's the raising of the axe head. Uh, it's recorded in Second Kings, as forestated, chapter six. <clears throat> excuse me, verses one through seven. And it, it talks about a miracle of recovery and, re and restoration. Uh, and I, I really believe that we can all find ourselves in this story, from the preacher to the, to the usher, from the pulpit to the door. Uh, these days especially, we all need to search ourselves uh, and find out where we are and ask God to, to help us uh, to recover, to restore, uh, don't be too prideful. Don't be so full of pride. Uh, don't be so quick to brag about how long you've been in the church until you fail to take a good look at yourself uh, and say, Lord, I, I need you to do some things in me. There's nothing wrong with that. And I thank God for this opportunity. Uh, so while I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. While I'm teaching you, I'm teaching myself. Uh, and I thank God that he's still able to perform the miracle of restoration and recovery. Yeah, he's, he's still able. He's still able to bring us back to where we ought to be and give us those things that we have lost. Uh, in this incident, and let's, let's lay some foundation before we read the scripture. Um, in this incident, Elisha, the prophet Elisha, he represents the Lord Jesus. Um, and the company of prophets, according to history, and even in the book of um, Kings, you, you'll know that there were 70 sons of the prophets, 70 sons that followed the prophet. Uh, and those prophets that followed him will represent uh, a company of workers, workers in the ministry, let's say, Christian workers. And the axe head the accent would represent the power of God, the power and the anointing and the enabling of the Holy Ghost. I know I just said a mouthful, but that's what the axe head represents, the power of God, the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit, the enabling of the Holy Ghost. And without it, uh, our service in the kingdom would be ineffective. Can't do anything without the anointing. Can't do anything without God's spirit on the inside of me. So here then, uh, we're getting ready to get into a message for everyone, something that everyone can glean from. I don't care what your title is. I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't care how old you are, uh, how long you've been in the way. We can all take some time uh, to look at ourselves uh, and and it's, it's, it's a message for everyone that knows the power of God, that knows the anointing of God, that knows the power of God in service. And I don't mean in church service. I mean the power of God that manifests itself in the work of the Lord. Uh, but, uh, and let's be for real, some perhaps have become ineffective. Uh, some may have become bored or dry. And, you know, it doesn't make sense to get into the word and not be real. So I'm not indicting anyone. I'm just laying the word of God out. Uh, and wherever the word of God finds you, uh, hallelujah. If you have to say ouch, if you have to say hallelujah, if you have to say touch me, Lord, save me all over again, whatever it is, it's between you and God. My job is just to bring the word of God to you. Uh, but it, it's a message for all. 
who know the power of God or who have known it. Uh, and uh, perhaps for some reason you feel like you're ineffective, uh, maybe out of touch. And for, for instance, there may be someone who has connected tonight, you're in a backslidden condition. I want to talk to you this evening uh, from the Word of God. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Uh, let's read the story. It's familiar. Uh, and the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, <clears throat> excuse me, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down the stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Powerful story, wonderful miracle. I'm going to read it in the Common English Bible uh, so you can understand the English a little bit <clears throat> better. Listen to it in the Common English Bible. The members of the group of prophets said to Elisha, look, the place where we now live under your authority is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan River and each get a log from there. Then we can make a place to live there. And Elisha said, do it. One of them said, please come with us, your servants. Elisha said, okay, I'll go. So he went with them, and they came to the Jordan River and began cutting down trees. One of them was cutting down a tree when his axe head fell into the water. And he cried out, oh no, master, it was a borrowed axe. The man of God said, where did it fall? He showed Elisha the place, and Elisha then cut a piece of wood, <clears throat> threw it into the river there, and the axe head floated up. Lift it out, Elisha said. So the man then reached out and grabbed it. Here is the miracle, and uh, it extends to us an opportunity uh, to see how the Lord can restore, how the Lord can allow us to recover those things that we have lost. Uh, and in order to do this, um, there are three sections to this story, to this, this beautiful miracle uh, that is expressed in the Word of God. Uh, three sections, and I'm going to take it, pull it apart piece by piece. Hopefully we'll find some nuggets there. Uh, but there are three main sections in this story. Uh, before this, I, I just want to cross-reference a scripture uh, because it is important for me uh, to focus on the fact that it, it, it really is God's will for us to be everything and all that we're supposed to be. 
Uh, if we're going to do the work, we need the proper tools, the proper attitude, and the proper strength. And let me explain proper strength. Uh, because the Bible tells us it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So when I say proper strength, I mean we have to do it under the unction of God's leading, his spirit, his power. Otherwise, we're wasting our time. And I say, brothers and sisters, uh, whoever you are, wherever you work in the kingdom, if you're not doing it for Christ, if you're not doing it under his authority, and if you're not doing it with his power working in you, then you're wasting your time. Only what you do for Christ will last. And we cannot be effective workers in the kingdom if we don't have all that we're supposed to have. Uh, I want you to hear a word that Paul speaks to Timothy uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. These words, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Let's go into our anchor scripture um, and the first section of this miracle story. I'll take uh, chapter 6, 2 Kings, verses 1 through 4. 2 Kings, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, brings us to a pattern, a way of doing things, a pattern uh, that needs to be approved, a pattern to be approved. Um, so in these four verses, and I'll read it for you, Chapter 6 of 2 Kings, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight or too small for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam or a log. And let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. He answered, do it. One said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. So here we have a pattern of wholehearted service and a picture of what uh, Christian service or uh, a service that is to be done by a believer, a child of God, uh, should be. Notice the following characteristics that are pointed out. Uh, they were a company of prophets. That's in verse 1. They were a company. The sons of the prophets said to Elijah, uh, this place is too small. They were all together. Uh, they were all disciples of the prophet. They were all disciples of Elisha. Uh, so, the first qualification for proper service in the kingdom um, is a relationship with the master. Remember, I told you Elisha represents Christ in this, in this story, uh, and they were all with him. They all had a relationship with him. The sons of the prophets said, hallelujah. So there's a company of, of prophets, disciples, and uh, they had a relationship with the prophet. So that's the first qualification. Uh, the second is that they met with Elijah. Elisha, I should say. Uh, and here is an idea of fellowship. 
I have in my notes here is an idea of fellowship and communion, which is essential for effective service. Uh, they were there. They were working. They had a mind to work. They had a relationship with the master. Uh, and in order to have effective service, you have to, you have to commune and fellowship with your master, with the Lord. Uh, I'm going to take you to St. John chapter 15. St. John 15 and 4, he says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. You can't do the work if you're not going to be close to the master. doesn't make sense to work in the kingdom or call yourself a child of God or uh, to say I'm going to do this or do that and not take time to develop a fellowship with the master. It is important. It is very important. So uh, the first, they were a company of, of disciples, of believers uh, working together and they had a relationship with him. Number two, uh, they met with the master. They talked with the master. Uh, we have too many people working in the church and in ministry who barely talk to the master. Hallelujah. The only time, you mean to tell me the only time you talk to the master is on Sunday? No. Uh, you can't be effective if you don't talk to him. As a matter of fact, if you really love him, uh, you'll want to talk to him all the time just to hear his voice, just to be close to him. Yes. Uh, number three, they were burdened about the need for service. We find that in verse two. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 2. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. So they all had a burden for the work. They all saw that uh, there's need for expansion, that we need more space to work. Uh, and they all had the burden. They were all walking together. They were all seeing the need. And let's get the work done. Let's work. Let's work. Let's work. Put that in the comments section so somebody can see it. Let's work. Uh, so many people uh, in the kingdom don't want to work. They, they see the need and they don't want to do anything. They just watch. You can't just sit there and say, there's a need, there's a need, there's a need. Nothing will get done until we get up and go do what needs to be done. So they were all burdened. So there should be a burden in your spirit. You see the work that needs to be done and it should bother you. Not bother you to a place where all you do is sit there and complain, but bother you, hallelujah, till you'll get up and say, let's do something about it. We need more space. We're trying to do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. We need more elbow room. We need to expand. Hallelujah. And there's work to do. Let's get busy and do. So they recognized the need and they were anxious to get the work done. Oh, how I long, uh, yes, to sit in the midst of people that are anxious to get it done, excited. When is the last time you got excited about the work of the Lord? When's the last time you got excited about uh, prayer time, because that's work too. That's that's getting into the zone and doing warfare. What was the last time you were excited, hallelujah, about working for the master? 
Uh, they saw the need and they got excited and anxious to get the work done. Uh, we're still in verse 2 of chapter 6 of 2 Kings. Uh, they were all commissioned. They were all commissioned men, all commissioned. Verse 2, let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan and take thence every man a beam and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And here's the commission. Are you ready for it? The prophet said, the master said, go ye. In other words, he said, do it. Hallelujah. You see the work that needs to be done, and I'm going to give you permission to do it. They were commissioned. The prophet said, go. The prophet said, go. Let's compare that to Matthew, New Testament scripture. Chapter 28, verse 19, some of you are quoting it already. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. Hallelujah. I'm going ahead of myself, but it's all right. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. The prophet said, go. They were commissioned. They had permission to be there. And when you have permission to be there, you're never out of place. Hallelujah. And God has given you permission when he has sent you, then you have no reason to back down, to be timid. Hallelujah. To be afraid. The Lord said I should be here. The Lord said I should be here. The Lord told me to do this. The Lord sent me this power and just knowing that God has sanctioned where you are. Hallelujah. And when you know God has sent you, people can't chase you away so quickly. They can't, they can't make you change your mind because I heard God say, go do it. Hallelujah. And if God tells you to do it, go do it. We talked the other week about doing what God tells you to do. So the fifth thing we understand here in this in this first segment, verses one through four, and it's a pattern that needs to be approved. Hallelujah. We've entitled it. Uh, they realize their dependence upon the master. I got to take you back to verse three now where it says one said, be content, I pray thee and go with thy servants. Lord, I don't want to go. I know you're sending me, but I have sense enough to know. Uh, that I need you with me. And that ties into that Matthew 28, 19, where the Lord says at the end of that passage, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end, hallelujah, of the world. Listen, even if he sends you, uh, I don't want to go without your spirit. Walk with me, talk with me. Hallelujah. I felt the Holy Ghost there. I think we're going to have church tonight. I need you with me. I don't want to be a renegade preacher, a renegade saint. I don't want to be on this journey by myself. I know you sent me, but I want to make sure I'm packing. I got the Holy Ghost in me, around me, all through me, working with me. I want you with me. And every now and then we need that assurance, Lord, are you with me? Are you here? Are you listening? Uh, and, and one of the, the sons of the prophets said, uh, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. Come with us. I know you're sending us, but it won't. It don't seem right uh, if the master is not with us. And prophet said, 
I will go. And I hear the Lord, I hear the Lord speaking to someone, hallelujah, tonight. I haven't even gotten through uh, the real meat of the, the lesson tonight, but I hear the Lord speaking to someone. He said, if you'll go where I send you, I'll go with you. Hallelujah. If you, if you do what I tell you to do, I'll be with you. Hallelujah. Say what I tell you to say, I'll be with you. Prophet said, I will go. Verse 4 says, so he went with them. So he went with them. Hallelujah. I feel in my spirit. Lord knows I, I feel like preaching right there. So he went with them. Having God with you is not half the battle. It is the battle. Having God with you. Hallelujah. Understand having God with you means I have victory. I have strength. I have whatever I need for this journey. Just knowing that God is with me. Somebody needs to put that in the hashtag. Put that in the hashtag uh, in the comment section. Hashtag God is with me. And if God is with you, who can be against you? God is with you. Who can tear you down? If God is with you. Hallelujah. He's more than the whole world that is against you. God is with me. Put it in the comment section. Put it in big, bold letters. Let everybody see it. And don't just put it there. Say it out of your mouth. God is with me. Hallelujah. So uh, they all depended on the master. I'm going to take you to John 15 and 5 again. I'm the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I wonder why people, some people feel like they can do it without God. Even when they testify, they don't say nothing about how God brought them out or how God did it. I did it. I did it. I have it. I brought it. Uh, had, but had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? I tell you, I'm feeling this lesson tonight because I know it was the Lord that brought me to where I am. So they realized their dependence on the Lord. Uh, we find that in the third verse, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 3. Uh, and Jesus said in his gospel, uh, the gospel of St. John, for without me ye can do nothing. I can't do nothing without him. Remember that song? Yes, I know some of the older saints remember that song. Without him, I would be nothing. Without him, I would fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Hallelujah. So uh, the sixth thing we learn in just these four verses, uh, and I'll, let's go back to verse number two. Yeah, Second Kings 6 and 2. Uh, he says, uh, let us go, we pray, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam. Every man. No slouching. Don't just sit around watching me work. Hallelujah. And criticizing what I'm doing. You get your own log. You get a log and help build this work, build this house. You get a log. Bible says every man had a beam. They all took a share. They all took a share. Hallelujah. And you don't have to put this in the comment section, but you need to speak to yourself and make sure that you are doing your share of the work. Hallelujah. 
you know God has sent you, God has filled you, God has saved you, then you need to make sure that you're doing your share of the work. Each man did their share. Bible says it right in verse 2, uh, let us go, go to the Jordan, go to where the trees are, and every man get a log, every man get a beam, and make us a place there. So every man did his share. Every man joined the task. Yes, and I'm, I'm speaking as a pastor now because sometimes when there's work to do, it's always, uh, you know, we say the faithful few. Uh, you, you have 30 members and maybe five or six of them are doing the majority of the work. Uh, and I, I think it's time for us to realize as people of God and, and, and part of a ministry in the kingdom, especially now. Uh, yes, I know uh, we're in the midst of COVID and a lot of us have been shut in. But I guarantee, uh, including me, that a whole lot of you have been asking, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Uh, especially those of you who have been working and who were working before this. Uh, but I have a sneaky suspicion that God has been dealing with a lot who were not doing much and perhaps were seeking and asking the Lord, what do I do? Uh, and the Lord is speaking to you tonight, get a bean. Get along, there's work to do, and everyone should be doing their task. Nope, everybody can't be the pastor, everybody can't be a preacher, everybody can't be a missionary, everybody's not going to be an usher, everybody's not going to be uh, in the choir, but there is some work for you to do. Hallelujah. There's work for you to do. Everyone, every man, everyone had a beam, and they had a task. The last thing in, this, in these first four verses, I'm sorry, that we, we get uh, in the very fourth verse, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 4. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. They cut down wood. I'd, I'd like to say they were energetic. Everyone got busy. Everyone, could you imagine the energy that you would feel being in the midst of people where everybody is doing their task? Everyone, nobody's sitting complaining, nobody's comparing what used to be to what is now, but everybody's got a being and everyone is doing their task. Could you imagine walking in the midst of spirit filled believers, in the midst of people that trust and know God? Could you imagine? Hallelujah. The effect it would have on someone who's never been in the presence of God's people. Watching them work, feeling the energy. Hallelujah. Feeling the presence of God. Feeling the urgency. Watching them work together in unity. On one accord, with one mind. We must get the work done. Hallelujah. So they were equipped with the right tools. Understand, let's... let's Let's lay it out completely before we go deeper into the lesson. It, they had the correct tools. They were energetic. They realized their dependence on the master. They were commissioned. They were there because they knew God sent them there. And they had a burden for the work. There's work to do. We can't just sit here. Uh, there's work to do. More souls are coming. 
Hallelujah. I heard the Holy Ghost say, tell them tonight, more souls are coming. There's, there's preparation that has to be made. Prepare. Get ready. Do the work. They met with the master. Hallelujah. They were all a company of, of, of prophets, yes, but they represent the disciples. They represent followers, believers, and that's who we are. Uh, we're trusting and believing, and uh, we're developing stronger relationship with our master, and we're willing to do the work. Are you willing to do the work? That's a good question to ask right here. Are you willing to do the work? Whatever your hands find to do. Hallelujah. Uh, but the young prophet, one of the young prophets here said, everybody get a log. I don't want nobody loafing. I don't want nobody sitting around drinking iced tea. It ain't time to sip tea. It's not time for no breaks. We can take a break. And when we break, we'll break together. Hallelujah. It's time to work now. Everybody had a beam everybody had a log uh, so here then is the pattern that we described uh, we broke it down in these first four verses uh, we're all together we all with the mass developing relationship each one of us has our own being yes we're all commissioned we know that god has sent us he wants us to do the work yes hallelujah we are god's people we're working uh we're energetic Lord, we're in this energy. We're here. We're acting like we want to be here. We're acting like we want to do the work. Hallelujah. And we are realizing our dependency on the master. I need God. I need him. I can't get the work done without him. Hallelujah. No matter what, I realize that without the master with me, I can't do anything. I can't get the work done. Uh, so here's, that's the pattern that needs to be approved. And how great it would be if all of our workers in the church, all of our believers, hallelujah, had these sevenfold characteristics. Uh, in every story, uh, although we lay out uh, the specifics and although we lay out what's needed to get the work done, uh, although we can break down all of these characteristics and trusting God, relationship with God, uh, being energetic, wanting to do the work. Although we lay all of these things out, there's some things that need to be avoided. There's some dangers that we need to talk about concerning the work, concerning the kingdom. Uh, and for that, uh, we have to go to verse five. So we, the first section of this this beautiful story uh we have to talk about the pattern that's the foundation how it should be done and we've done that uh now we should discuss the dangers that should be avoided the peril that uh must be avoided in verse 5 chapter 6 of second kings you'll find these words but as one was felling a beam one is cutting down a tree the axe head fell into the water and he cried and said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. So he's cutting down one of the servants, one of the prophets is cutting down the beam, cutting a tree uh, so he can get his log. Uh, and the axe, hell falls, axe head rather falls into the water uh, and he cries out, Lord, this, the axe that I'm using is, was a borrowed axe. <laughs> and it's, it's fallen into the water. 
And now they're at the Jordan. They're in the Jordan River. I don't know if you've ever been to the Jordan River. I have. Lady Fields and I have traveled to Israel, and, and the Jordan River is dirty. You cannot see the bottom of the Jordan River. When you stand in the Jordan River, it's, it's grimy and slimy. And I understand why Naaman fussed so much when the prophet told him to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. Ugh. So you could imagine, here they are at the Jordan River cutting trees, cutting to get logs so they can enlarge, get a larger place. And the axe head falls in the water and dirty Jordan River. I'm just going to let that marinate for a while. So, um, mm -hmm. so, and I, I hear you talking, well, why didn't he just grab, grab the uh, ax head? Don't know how deep the water was. And I don't know how quick he would have been to reach into that dirty water. There's a message right there. I'm coming back to you. I'm going to come back to you before we end this lesson. So uh, here's the peril to be avoided because uh, the axe head slips off. Uh, so it tells us that one worker loses his axe head, the sharp cutting edge of all his service. That was his instrument, the cutting edge, the axe head, the axe head, the cutting edge. How can I get my work done without an axe head? And let's go back to the beginning because we said that uh, Elisha represents Jesus. The company of the prophets represent the workers in the church, you and I. And the axe head represents power, the anointing, the Holy Spirit, the enabling of God's Holy Spirit. And he loses it and it drops in the nasty waters of the Jordan River. Uh, listen, he didn't lose his handle. He lost the axe head. And from a distance, if you were looking from a distance, it might have looked like he didn't lose anything. He could have kept going away. He wouldn't have gotten any work done because there was no power. There was no axe head. There was no anointing. Uh, but from afar off, it might have appeared as though uh, his equipment was complete from afar off. It looks good. It looks right. But he lost his power. It was not complete. He was not complete. He lost his power. He lost his power. Hallelujah. He lost his anointing. Thank you, Jesus. He lost his joy. He lost his strength. Take you to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord under Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. He lost the power, and he couldn't finish the work because the axe head was no longer there how many how many i wonder are trying to do the work without an axe head the axe head has fallen fell a long time ago and from afar off it may look like you're doing something but you're really not getting anything done 
how foolish it would have been. Think about this. How foolish it would have been for him to keep on working. How foolish. And I'm saying how foolish, but how foolish it is, but how true it is also that there are a lot of people who are looking. I shouldn't say looking. They're trying to do the work and people are looking from afar off and it looks like they have it together, but they lost the axe head a while ago. My God. Help me with this lesson, Lord. He was working well, but gradually the axe head slipped down the handle of the axe into the water. He's working and it slips down and comes off the handle. Mm -hmm. Gradually in the water. Now, I'm saying gradually because while he was hammering away, he may have noticed that it was slipping. Maybe continued pushing it back and slipping. He didn't take enough time, perhaps, to make sure that it, the axe head was secure. Didn't spend enough time. And the axe head represents power, the anointing, the moving of the Holy Ghost. Right? And sometimes you may sense something is wrong, but you don't really take time to check. Mm-hmm. You just keep on hammering, keep on working. Uh, and it's a gradual. Slipping is a gradual thing. Gradually, the axe head slipped down the handle of the axe. Listen to what I'm saying. Gradually, the axe head slipped down the handle of the axe into the water. It's a gradual thing. It's a gradual process. People don't backslide overnight. People in church don't get weak overnight. People don't become ineffective overnight. He lost his power and he lost his effectiveness. Wow. Let's dig deeper. Can we dig deeper into the word of God tonight? Come with me. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm talking to myself, too. I got to make sure I got all the power I need. Make sure I got the right tools to get the job done and make sure I'm, that I'm working with enthusiasm. I'm not coming to work with a sad face, but I'm glad to be here. Yes. Um, so the first thing, uh, he lost his power while he was working. He lost his power while he was working. Yes. I want to take you to 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 40. It says, and as thy servant was busy here and there, he was gone. And the king of Israel said unto him, so shall thy judgment be thyself has decided it. Thy servant was busy here and there, here and there, here and there. He was gone. And the king of Israel said unto him, so shall thy judgment be thyself has decided it. The second thing. I want to bring to your attention is that perhaps he was working too energetically. He was so excited about the work uh, until he didn't notice that something was slipping away. First Corinthians chapter two, verse four, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Uh, and that's that is an appropriate scripture to read, because sometimes uh, people just think 
because they jump up and down a few times and they can speak loud, uh, that that's an anointing. Uh, and not really understanding that the power has left, that the ax has slipped into the water, but they're still yelling and still jumping, but there's no power there. Remember Samson? Remember what happened to Samson? Uh, he lost his power and got up and when Delilah said the Philistines are among you, he shook himself like he used to, but he couldn't move anything. He couldn't loose anything. He couldn't break those strands. He lost his power. Uh, and some sadly have lost their power. While they were working, they lost it. Uh, while, and, and we got caught up into the rudiments of things and uh, how things look. And if I, if I jump and scream, uh, people won't know. People won't notice. Hallelujah. They'll, they'll, they're just watching from afar off. Uh, but you know the axe head slipped in the water a while ago. Uh, the third thing I understand from this one verse, verse number five, is that he was conscious of his loss. He was conscious of it. It slipped. Oh, my Lord. This is a borrowed axe, and the axe head has fallen in the Jordan River. I'm going to take you to the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 20. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. He got up and shook himself. And the Bible said, I just read it. He wished not that the Lord departed from him. In other words, he didn't know the Lord left him. He didn't even know the Lord left him. You mean to tell me there are people in the church singing and shouting and running and putting holes in the wall? And they don't even know that the power left. They don't even have the power. The spirit of the Lord has left them. That they've lost their anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They, he shook himself. And he did not know that the Lord was departed. You mean to tell me there are preachers preaching and the Lord has departed from them? Hallelujah. You mean there are churches singing and shouting and there's no glory in the temple? Ichabod, hallelujah, something has to be done. We need, we need to come to a place of recovery and restoration, hallelujah. So I need to ask this pointed question to you. I'm just, just asking a question, and, and we're all soul searching tonight. Have you lost the ax head? Did you lose the ax head? Are you in a place where you used to know his power? His power used to rest on you, but now you're crying. Where is the blessedness I knew? Listen to my notes. Now you're crying. Where is the blessedness I knew when I first saw the Lord? Now, if so, then this story also assures you there's hope. <laughs> we, we, we didn't finish the story yet. Uh, but but I'm, I'm going to ask these questions again. Did you lose the axe head? Have you lost your anointing? Have you lost your joy? Have you backslidden? Hallelujah. You used to know his power resting on you, but now you're, you're searching and crying within. Where is the blessedness I knew when I first saw the Lord? 
where is the joy that I had when I first got the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Where is the anointing that I, I had in my life? If so, then we're getting ready to bring you to a place in the story uh, where you can be assured of three things. Three things. Write it down if you can. Even put it in the comment section. Thank God we can be assured of three things. Even in this text, in the story that we're dealing with tonight, we can be assured, hallelujah, that uh, you can be restored, you can be reinstated, and re-equipped. Yes, this story that we read in the scriptures tonight, 2 Kings chapter 6, yes, hallelujah, verses 1 through 7. will tell us also three things. Put it in the comments section. I want to give you time. You can be restored, reinstated, and re-equipped. And re-equipped. I want to read it. Second Kings chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Excuse me. And the man of God said, where fell it? Where did it fall? Where did the axe head fall? And he showed him the place. And he cut down the stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. That's the miracle. The iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. I want you to know in my spirit, I feel like screaming right now. Hallelujah. Because God is telling us he can restore, he can reinstate, and he can re-equip. He can give you the tools that you lost. Hallelujah. Yes, he can. He can restore you. He can renew. Three things. Restore, reinstate, and re-equip for the service of God. Not so you can get the glory. No. No, brother, no, sister. He's not going to give you an anointing back so you can get the glory. So he can get the glory out of your life. Restore, reinstate, and re-equip for the service of God. This is what you got to do. I'm going to tell you what you got to do. This is what you have to do. Hallelujah. Got to follow this procedure. Adopt this procedure. The verses that we just read, I have in my notes, uh, tells us about this procedure we have to do. And that if God can make a piece of iron swim, listen, if God can make a piece of iron swim to a stick, he can restore one of his own children. If God can do that, he can restore you. Yes, uh, he can restore you. I'm talking to you who has wandered, you who has backslidden, you who has forsaken the work. I'm talking to you who has sat down and decided, I don't want to do this anymore. He's talking to you tonight, yes. And he's, re and he's encouraging those who have been doing the work, hallelujah, to continue the work. Uh, and whatever you've lost, I can help you restore along the way. If he can make a piece of iron swim, he can restore. He can reinstate and he can re-equip. Hallelujah. No one has gone too far from God. 
No one has gone too far from God that he cannot bring you back, that he cannot raise them. And some of you, listen, some of you have children who have backslidden. Some of you have children who have strayed away. Some of you have husbands and wives who have strayed away from the faith, who have given up in the work. Hallelujah. God told me to tell you tonight, no one is too far out that he cannot reach out and bring them back. Hallelujah. I'm looking for that miracle. There's going to be some miracles happening during this pandemic. Hallelujah. Where the iron is going to swim back. Hallelujah. You're going to recover the ray, that, uh, that axe head, the razor's edge. You're going to recover. You're going to get that anointing back, that strength back. Hallelujah. I feel it in the atmosphere. It's miracle time. God is going to restore. He's going to reinstate. And he's going to re-equip. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No one has ever gone too far out where God cannot reach them. He says in his word, my arms are not too short. I need to take my time with this. My arms are not too short that I cannot save. And when you call me, I will answer. So here he is. Hallelujah. And God tells me to tell you, I can raise her up. I can raise him up. Hallelujah. How can lost power, listen, I have in my notes, how can lost power, lost effectiveness, and lost experience be regained? How? That's another powerful question. How can lost power, lost effectiveness, I've lost the anointing, I've lost my effectiveness, and lost experience of God be regained. How can I get this back, Lord? Sitting in my house during this pandemic, uh, and, and some folks have ceased praying. They've given up. They're frustrated. How can I get it back? How can I reclaim it? Hallelujah. First thing we got to do, listen, the first thing you got to do, you have to immediately stop working. And I know that sounds like a contradiction because some of us have been working. Hallelujah. But if you've been doing it without God, if you've been doing it without an anointing, if you have been doing it without an unction of God, hallelujah, there's no power, there's no anointing, there's no joy, stop. That's what the man did. He said, I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to just keep going like this and like that. I, when I've lost the axe head, I can't, I can't finish the work. Without the axe head, without the razor, without the Holy Ghost, without the anointing, without the power, without the joy. I can't continue the work without that. Hallelujah. The man did that. The prophet did that. He stopped doing what he was doing. Listen, it would have been foolish to try to work without the axe head. One reason why there's so much frustration is because people are trying to do it without God. God, I hear you. Doing it without the anointing, doing it without an unction, trying to function without the Holy Ghost. You cannot do it. Jesus said, stay until I want to read something out of the book of Luke. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm rushing ahead of myself, but I'm having a good time. If you're not, I'm having a good time all by myself. Listen, Luke 24, 49 says, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endowed with power from on 
high. Jesus said, stay there till you get the power. Don't do nothing else until you get the power. And that's what I'm saying to you. You've been preaching and teaching and singing and, and without no power, without no anointing, you've lost the razor's edge. You've lost the axe head. Stop right there. Hallelujah. And stay where you are until you be endowed with power. Lift your hands right where you are. Say, Lord, touch me all over again. I lost it. And I need you to help me get it back. I lost my joy. Help me get it back. I lost my anointing. Help me get I backslid, Lord. He said, I'm married to the backslider. I feel this in my spirit. Let him fill you all over again. How do you recover the axe head? You First, you got to stop right where you are. I don't want to fake it anymore. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to try to fool people and make them think that I got all this and I don't have nothing. I lost it and I need it back. Jesus told the saints, he told the people, uh, I'm starting this church and I want you to sit in Jerusalem. Stay there until you get what you need, until you get the power. And I'm saying to you, come to this altar. Yeah, come back to the Lord and, and don't move. Stay there until you be endowed with power. Stay there till you get your joy back. Stay there till you get your anointing back. Stay there until you recover the axe's head. Thank you, Jesus, for this word. Number two, you have to make full and frank confession. Full and frank. You got to be honest with God. You got to make a full confession to the Lord and tell him, Lord, I'm not where I should be. I lost something along the way yes i did full and truthful or frank confession to the master and you got to do it stop wasting time you know you lost it don't waste it lord i'm i, I lost it i'm trying to do this and i don't i lost the razor's edge i lost the axe head immediately conscious of his loss the prophet said oh lord Let's go to verse 5, 2 Kings 6 and 5, and read it again. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. He said, Oh, Lord, master, I lost the axe's head. Immediately he confessed and said, I've lost it. Immediately stop putting it off and say, Lord, I've lost it. I don't have it anymore. I'm not where I should be. I'm trying to do the work without you. Hallelujah. I don't want to do any more without you. I don't want to sing anymore without an anointing. I don't want to preach anymore without you. I don't want to usher no more without you. I don't want to do anything without you. I need you in my life in order to be effective, in order to get the work done. Thank you, Lord. Listen, listen to my notes. If we have failed, we have to make confession. If we fail, Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me. If you have failed, you need to make a confession. Confess your failure. Confess, Lord, I didn't do it right. Lord, I lost it and tried to do it without you. Tell the Lord all about it. Tell him about it. Listen to my notes. Then we may have the assurance of his forgiveness and his cleansing. Hallelujah. His forgiveness and his cleansing. I want to take you to a scripture real quick. Thank you, Father. It's found in 1 John. And I, I
Thank you, Jesus. Yes. It's found in 1 John. I want to find the right place. Chapter 1. First John chapter one, verse nine. And it says, if we confess our sins, it says it here right in the word of God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's, that's the gospel. And he's talking to the people of God. Yes, because sometimes we lose it. We miss it. We miss the mark. We don't always hit the mark. Yes. And don't just go through the motion. Don't just act like everything is all right. No, confess. Do it immediately. As soon as he lost that edge, as soon as he lost the ax, said, oh, I lost it. Father, and it was borrowed. Didn't even belong to me. What God gives us doesn't really belong to us. Hallelujah. The gifts that he gives us really doesn't belong to us. No. The air that I'm breathing isn't my air. The life that I have, he's given to me, and I'm responsible for whatever he blesses me with. He says, I've lost it. I need help. I can't get the work done without the axe head, without the Holy Ghost, without the power. I can't get the work done. Hallelujah. Without God with me, I can't get it done, and I don't want to go through the motions. The third thing is, we have to show the master where we lost our effectiveness. I love this part of the text. You have to show him where you lost it at. You have to show the Lord where you lost it at. Where did you lose your joy at? Where did you lose your anointing at? Where did you lose your salvation at? Where did you backslide at? When did you start turning from the Lord? He showed the master where he dropped it. Hallelujah. He showed him where he dropped it. He says it in the text. Show me where it fell. <laughs> That's what the Lord is saying. Show me where it happened. Show me where you lost hope. Show me where you gave up. Show me where things went wrong. Show me where you lost your joy. Show me. The first question Elisha asked, <coughs> excuse me, the very first question Elisha asked was, where did it fall? I had the Lord asking that tonight, where did it fall? Where did it happen? Where did you fail the Lord? Listen to my notes. Where did you fail the Lord and lose the conscious realization of his presence and power in your life. Where did you backslide at? Was it, listen, was it when you gave up your private devotion? Was it when you stopped praying like you used to pray? Was it when you, you stopped fasting? When was it? When was it when you, mm -hmm. when was it? Was it, was it before the COVID virus, when you stopped coming to church, you decided to stay home. I don't want to, I, I don't want to go to church anymore. Was it, was it then? When was it? Was it when you had a misunderstanding with somebody? 
you got into an argument with one of the saints, you had a, a disagreement with someone in church, was it then when you became bitter and you said, I don't want to do this anymore, the axe head fell? I'm trying to minister to you tonight. No, I don't want it just to be Bible class as usual. I want to minister to you every time we come together. Yeah. When was it? When was it? When you, was it when you made an unholy alliance? When you, when you developed a relationship with that unsaved woman or that unsaved man? Was it then when you felt yourself slipping away? Was it, was it when you committed that secret sin? When, when, where did it fall? And I need to say this to you, you will never receive restoration. You'll never recover the ax head until you tell God where you dropped it. <laughs> you can't recover if you're not willing to tell the truth. I dropped it right here. This is where I, it slipped. This is where I, I, I felt like I didn't want to sing. You can't get it back until you're willing to tell the Lord where you dropped it at. Where did you lose it? Where did you lose it? Next thing uh, we need to understand from, from the text. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Jesus. Second Kings chapter six, verse six. And the man of God said, where? did it fall and he showed him the place he showed him this is where it fell this is where I lost my joy this is where I lost my anointing this is where I, 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 I fell this is where I started to backslide hallelujah that's where the miracle is performed the miracle doesn't happen until you tell God where it happened the change doesn't come until you confess where it happened. I'm trying to help somebody. This is where it happened. Then we see the miracle performed. Cut down the stick. The prophet cuts the stick and casts it in the water. And the iron did swim. So verse 6 tells us that Elisha uh, performs a miracle by the use of a stick. <laughs> And the way back to God, the way back to God, the use of a stick shows us the way back to God. Lord, I feel like preaching right here. Excuse me. I might just start preaching in any second, any second now. I want to take you to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that stick represents the tree who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed the way back to God is the way of the cross way back to God is the way of the cross that I am swam back to the stick hallelujah yes it did first john 
chapter 1, verse 7. I have in my notes, his blood can cleanse us and make us whole. Trust him. Trust him. First John, <coughs> excuse me, 1 and 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So his blood is the ground of our assurance. Hallelujah. His blood can cleanse me and make me whole again. And I've got to trust him to do that. I've got to trust him to do that. And I've got to trust him enough to tell him where it went wrong. Where did it go wrong? And that same blood that washed me before can wash me over again. Hallelujah. That same power that came to me before can come back to me again. But we've got to be willing. Lord, there's so much meat in here and I don't want to keep you too much longer. There is so much in this text. Hallelujah. The miracle happened in the place where he lost the axe's head. Put that stick in the water uh, and that axe head came swimming to him. Here's the last thing, though. There's one more thing you have to do. Hallelujah. That's in verse 7. Verse 7, he says, therefore said he, take it up to thee. Let me start at verse 6. And the man of God said, where fell it? And he showed him the place and he cut down the stick and cast it in thither and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, take it up to thee. Verse 7. Stick your hand in that dirty water and pick up your anointing. <laughs> where you lost it, I'm going to want you to stick your hand in that water and take back what you lost. It said he cut down the stick and cast it in thither and the iron swam. Therefore, the prophet looked at him and said, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Put his hand in there. He didn't fuss, oh, it's dirty, it's nasty. No, man, he stuck his hand in there and got what he needed. Got his anointing back. Got his joy back. And that's the final thing. You've got to put out your hand and take it. You've got you to get it back. God has made a way for you to recover. You've got to reach out and get it back. Here's a step of faith. That's a step of faith. Number one, the water's so dirty. How can you see? He said, it's there. Stick your hand down in there and get it. It's back. It's back. Verse 7 tells us all about it. Take it up to thee. Take it up to thee. Take it up to thee. Hallelujah. He put out his hand and he took it. Lord, I feel this in my spirit. Listen to my notes. Verse 7 tells us, hallelujah. And all the way through our Christian life, it's necessary for us to appropriate by faith, the provision that the Lord has made for our salvation and our victory through Christ. So for me to act in faith in this way is humbling. I'm acting in faith. Lord, I can't see it. You asked him to give it back to you. Lord, I don't feel it. Reach out and get it. Reach out and take it back. You got to act in faith. It took faith for you to get it. 
It's going to take faith for you to get it back. And God said, I've made a way. I've brought it back. I've worked a miracle. Now you reach out and get it. Listen to my notes. To act in faith in this way was a humbling experience for this prophet, for the son of the prophet. For probably others were watching as he bent down very low and put his hand in that dirty water and took back what he lost. And here's it has uncovered one of the other issues that we have. People are watching. They see me. What are they going to think when they find out that I lost it? If they got the real Holy Ghost, they'll praise God. Hallelujah. If they really know the Lord, if they're where they should be, they'll rejoice. No one who really is saved, no one that really loves the Lord wants to see anybody lose their joy or lose their anointing. No, nobody that really has a relationship with God, hallelujah, wants someone else to lose the razor's edge. No, I want you to prosper. I want you to be effective in the kingdom. I want you to be able to do everything God has called you to do. I want you to be victorious. Hallelujah. So don't worry about what people are going to say. Let them say what they want. Get what you lost. Get it back. He said, reach out and get it. That prophet, that young prophet had to stoop down in that dirty water and get that razor's edge back. Yes, he had to get it back. Put his equipment back together and get back to work. Don't sit around moping and don't sit around doing nothing else. When you get it back, Go back to work. Do what God has called you to do. Other folks are watching him. Yes, they were watching him. They were watching him when he lost it. Some of them was watching him. Yes, hallelujah. People have a tendency to watch and, and they see, but let them watch and let them get an eyeful. You just make sure you have what you're supposed to have. You just make sure that you have everything God wants you to have. That young man put out his hand and took back what he lost. And tonight God has sent me here to give someone that opportunity to have that understanding. He wants to restore. He wants to reinstate and he wants to re-equip somebody. It's time to reach out and get it back. Hallelujah. Forget about who's watching, who's talking. Forget about people and get back what you lost. I have in my notes, it says, what a glorious thing it is. When having failed the Lord, we are prepared to take these steps. Hallelujah. It's glorious. After having failed, after coming to a place of knowing I'm not where I should be and I, I don't have everything I need. My equipment is faulty. I'm slipping. My joy has slipped. My, my anointing, I've lost my anointing. Isn't it wonderful that we have a God that can restore us, that can reinstate us, and that can re-equip us? Hallelujah. But you got to be prepared to take these steps. You, you can't be so full of pride, and you, you can't be so willing uh, to cheat God or to cheat yourself. Make sure you're where you should be. Make sure you have everything. Make sure. Make sure it's God and not you. Make sure. 
Make sure. What's wrong with that? Make sure. This, he lost it. As soon as he lost it, he cried out. He could have easily, because, you know, they were spread out. You can't chop trees down right next to each other. They were spread out. They were social distancing. So one tree wouldn't fall on the other. Somebody could have looked and said, oh, he's getting a lot of work done. Mm -mm. He could have he faked it. But he chose to be truthful and say, I lost it. I need you to help me get it back. I'm not going to keep you long tonight, but I do have some closing thoughts. Um, and for my closing thoughts, I want to take you to another Old Testament scripture tonight. Uh, it's been heavy in my heart, on my spirit. And, and really, <clears throat> while we're dealing with this coronavirus and a lot of saints are shut in uh, and, and church is different now, uh, but I, I think God has us here because he wants us to do a lot of thinking and searching and preparing. Uh, we got to make sure it's really God. We don't have time to play. Uh, but I want to take you to the book of Hosea. Um, and I'm going to give you time to turn there. Turn to the book of Hosea, chapter 14. And I'm going to deal in my closing. Uh, and I, I won't spend a lot of time there. Uh, but the book of Hosea, prophet Hosea, uh, chapter 14, the first seven verses there. And, you know, the book of Hosea talks about uh, God's judgment and it talks about God's redeeming love, his judgment and his redeeming love. So um, and understand the history in our in our closing out. Uh, the prophet is attempting to call the Israelites to repentance. I need you to repent. He crawls, he cries out to them, repent from your idol worship. You have turned away from Jehovah and you're worshiping idols. You're worshiping idols. He's talking to the church, talking to the people of God. You have all of these blessings. You have all of this God has prepared for you. Uh, and not only were they turn had they turned to idolatry but when you read the book of Hosea you get the feeling that they persisted in it they were they were just outright with it preachers telling them to stop worshiping idols and they continue I'm gonna do this anyway yeah I'll go to church I'll I'll pay my tithes but I'm gonna worship I got my 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 idol at home and I'm gonna worship my idol and he's he's calling them to repentance for their persistence in idolatry and their wickedness. Uh, and I see the grace of God here. And, and the Lord brings me to this closing because no matter how bad off we are, the Lord gives us an opportunity to turn back, to get back what we lost. They're, they're in idolatry, they're wicked, they're some wicked folk, and these are his children. There's, there's people in church that struggle with who they worship. I'm just going to say it, right? You don't know if they worship man you don't, or if they worship God. It's confusing. Do they worship the pastor or do they worship God? We still have that issue. People in the, in the church, you don't, they don't want to live holy. They're doing whatever they want to do, yet they're saying, I'm, I'm going to build this work. I'm going to do this. And they lost the axe head a long time ago. But here the prophet is talking to them uh, before he turned, before I turn you over to God's full judgment, 
and I'm I'm talk I've been talking to you like this these past weeks because judgment is coming and when judgment comes it's coming first to the house of God and I'm talking from the pulpit to the door we all have to search and turn hallelujah and get back whatever we lost it's time to start getting it back because the preacher Hosea said I'm going to prophesy to you uh, I want you to repent, and I'm doing this before God's full judgment comes. Listen, and this is what he says something like this, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, though their sins were their downfall. Right? The Israelites are still given an opportunity to repent and return to the Lord. So here's the job of the preacher in the 21st century is to talk not only to sinners, but to talk to the people of God and get us to turn back to God. Make sure we get everything back that we've lost and that we're doing everything God wants us to do before judgment comes. But listen to my notes. Listen to what I put in my notes. Uh, God wanted more than meaningless sacrifice. And what makes, what makes my praise, what makes my sacrifice meaningless is when... I start putting other things before God when I put the world before God, when I put church before God. How do you, how do, you do that, Fields? Oh, easy. You know all the songs. You, you're wrapped up in, in praise and worship, but you're not really giving your all to God. Your heart, your mouth is moving, but your heart is far from God. You love your position in church more than you love your savior. Yeah, do you know that if some people lost their position in church, they would, they would leave the church? The only reason why you're in that church is so you can be the president of an auxiliary? Shame on you. Shame on you. We need to fix this. We need to recover the razor's edge. That's why we have Presidents of auxiliaries with no spirit, no joy, no anointing, because they love the position more than they love their savior. And this is where Israel was, and this is where a lot of people in church are today, and they're giving God meaningless sacrifice. Don't even hear you when you sing. Don't even hear you when you, it's, it's, he can't even smell the, the aroma of your praise. It's a stench in his nose and we have to get it right. Remember last week we talked about pleasing God. He wants more than meaningless sacrifice. What does God want? What does God want? What is all this about tonight? Well, uh, God wanted them to offer affection. I want your real love. I want you to love me for real. Not from your mouth, so, but from your heart. I want you to love me with all of your heart. And that's the message tonight. With all of your heart. And when you speak to me, I want you to. I want to know that these words are coming from your heart. Now, Jesus said it. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and the Lord is telling us tonight, I want your true affection, your true love. So when you speak to me, I know that you love me and that you want me to be your God. Hallelujah. 
and that you want all of me. And we're in a place of recovery and restoration. Yes, we are. If we can love God the way we're supposed to love him, we'll speak the way we're supposed to speak to him. And listen, if we're really loving him the way we should love him, I'm helping somebody tonight. Listen to me real good. If the church can love God the way we're supposed to love him, then we'll speak the way we're supposed to speak to him. And the words will be, write this down. There'll be words of submission. Hallelujah. Words of praise. There'll be words showing a change of attitude and heart. And there'll be words of complete trust in God. I'll say it again. He doesn't want meaningless sacrifice. He wants true affection from our hearts. Love him with all of our heart, our minds, our soul, from our hearts. And if we love him right, the way that we're supposed to love him, when we speak, we'll speak the way we're supposed to speak to him. Yes, giving him the sacrifices of praise, yes. We talked about that last week. But when I speak because I love him in, in the fullness of my heart, my speech to him will be words of submission, whatever you want me to do. Not my will, but your will be done. And be, I'm doing it because I love him. I'm not bossing God around. I'm not just asking God to do something for me, but I'm submitting to him. Lord, what will you have me to do? It'll be words of submission. It will be words of praise. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for being who you are. Hallelujah. And I'm praising you not because just because of what you do for me, but because of who you are. And it'll be words coming out of my mouth that show a change in the attitude of my heart. I'm not speaking to him out of my bitterness. Hallelujah. I'm not speaking to him out of rebellion. I'm not hiding anything from him in my conversation with him. I'm like the woman who had an issue with blood. When she saw she couldn't be hid, she told him everything. Hallelujah. And when I speak to him, it'll be words that show him that I completely trust him. Lord, I don't feel right, but I want you to take care of it. I put it all in your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Hallelujah. Let's take a few minutes and right where you are, just put your hands together and praise God. Lord, I submit. Lord, I praise. Lord, I'm going to change my attitude. Lord, I'm going to completely trust you. Thank you, Lord. It's words like these. Hallelujah. That will lead to living a life that pleases God. Yes. And today, if you've lost anything, if anything has slipped away, you have an opportunity to be restored, to be reinstated, and to be re-equipped. But you got to be willing to show him where you lost it. Recovery. It's time to recover. You say like Jeremiah, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved. For thou art my praise. Hallelujah. You can say like Isaiah says. But now thus saith the Lord. 
that created the old Jacob and he that formed the old Israel, fear not. Here's the Lord speaking to you tonight, for I have redeemed thee and I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Hallelujah. Here's what the Lord promises us. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Thank you, Jesus. Recovery is coming. Know who you are. Come back to that place. Show the Lord where you lost it. And he'll work a miracle in your life. He'll restore. He'll renew. He'll reinstate. He'll put you back in your proper place. And he'll re-equip you for the job that's ahead of you. Hallelujah. Remember what David said? He restoreth my soul. Hallelujah. He restoreth my soul. Lay your hand on yourself and just, just pray for yourself and say, Lord, you said you would restore my soul. He restoreth my soul. Hallelujah. Let's pray. I'm getting ready to pray. This is for the church. This is for the body of Christ. Hallelujah. It's time for us to make sure that we're able to receive everything that we've lost to get it back to be restored, to be reinstated, and to be re-equipped. There's a lot of work that must be done. Say to the Lord, like David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. He will restore. He can reinstate. And he can re-equip. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've shared the word that you put in my heart to share tonight. Recovery and restoration. Lord, you want us to be fully equipped, ready to do the work that we've been called to do. Some of us have lost the axe's head. Some of us may be in a backslidden condition. Some have lost our way, but we're willing tonight to show you where we've lost it, where it fell. Oh God, and there may be someone listening who, who may not even know. They can't even find the place. But thou knowest, Lord, you know. You know. Help them, Father, to get it back. You are married to the backslider. Help them, O oh God. Bring them to that place of restoration where they can say like David, he restoreth my soul. Anoint them tonight. Let that cup run over in the name of Jesus. I pray for my brother and my sister right now that everything that they've lost will be restored back to them. In Jesus' name. Say it with me, won't you, in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. I feel this in my spirit tonight. I really do. I love the saints of God. I love the people of God. And if you've been listening and you don't have a church home, 
and um, it's time to get a church home and you want to be a part of this ministry, send us that request, admin at grtdc.org. Someone from our staff will contact you and tell you what you need to do. You might want to be a part of a cyber church, a part of this, um, and you, you can certainly be a part of a cyber church, the RGDC Cyber Church, and we can find help you find a church home in your area, or we'll just keep you connected with us. Uh, if you're living in the Bronx or the New York area and you need a church home, um, we'll be glad to have you. Send that request, again, uh, admin at grtdc.org. Uh, and we'll connect you with Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx. Yes, and we'll, we'll have um, Sister Newton reach out to you. Uh, she's the church administrator there. She'll reach out to you and she'll connect you uh, with someone and we'll tell you what you need to do. Uh, and I thank God for our administrators. Uh, Lady Fields works very hard and diligent here in the church office um, and the GRTDC team, uh, and we have Sister Newton in New York that takes care of things up there, uh, administration, and we're, we're so grateful uh, to have people who are diligently working, and they'll reach out to you. We have staff that will reach out to you and tell you what you need to do. You want to be baptized, send that request, and we'll, we'll make sure you, we get it done. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Lord bless you. You want to make a uh, donation, you want to pay your tithes or give an offering, you can do so tonight. Uh, technician will put that on the screen for you. Now we have changed our number uh, that you would text to. It's on the screen. The new number is on the screen. Or you can download the app, Ministry One app. You can do that. Download the app on your smartphone and look for Greater Refuge Temple DC. Uh, and it'll download and it'll come up and you'll see. You'll also have in the palm of your hand um, a mixture of sermons and Bible study lessons that I've taught all in the palm of your hand. Anytime you want, you can go to the message, a church service, or a Bible study. And those of you who are at the annex now, they'll, they'll pass a basket in, or you may use Givelify to give your donation. Uh, we'll be glad to receive your tithes and offerings. The blessings of the Lord will be upon you, I'm sure. It's good ground, and the Lord love you. Not going to keep you any longer, but I'm excited in my spirit. I want to spend more time with you. I feel like uh, teaching and preaching all over again. I feel good in my sanctified soul. I want you to be blessed of the Lord. Uh, until we meet again, the Lord says so. We'll come back together again next Wednesday. But until then, I want you to be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.